0: This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals.
1: Financial Standard. Take the lead.
0: I'm Cassandra Baldini with Financial Standard. On Monday, an 11th hour tentative deal was struck by US lawmakers to raise a debt ceiling and avoid a national default disaster. Of course, there are no guarantees the agreement made between President Joe Biden and Speaker Kevin McCarthy will get the support needed from the Republicans and Democrats to pass. Here with me today to discuss this further is AMP Capital's Chief Economist, Shane Oliver. Shane, thank you so much for joining me.
1: My pleasure, Cassandra.
0: So can you give us a little bit of an overview on what was in the 99-page bill text?
1: Well, it's a massive uh, bill, as these things often are, but I guess the key elements are um, a, an agreement to increase or, or rather suspend the debt ceiling out to January 2025. Uh, so it averts the so-called uh, fear of default that had been around for a while, assuming it's passed. In return for the, doing that, uh, there will be caps on government spending, particularly for what they call non-defence discretionary spending. And basically, that sort of spending will be capped at uh, 2022 Levels, uh, So in other words, given inflation, there'll actually be a real decline in US government spending. And that's for at least for the next financial year and possibly the financial year after that, although there's a slight upward drift that could occur there. I guess there were some other key elements in there. For example, uh, in America, they have food stamps, which is a formal welfare program. Um, the, the agreement will increase work requirements to attain those food stamps. There's also some measures in there which will um, speed up the permitting of so-called energy projects, uh, which both sides of politics in the US were, of course, supporting, but, of course, the Democrats on the, the clean energy projects and the Republicans on the on some carbon projects. Um, and there's also a measure in there which potentially uh, speeds up Uh, funding of government. So there's always two issues in the US. One, the debt ceiling, and the other one is funding the government or agreeing a budget, and sometimes they can't agree a budget, and that leads to a a shutdown in the US government. Um, But there's some measures in this uh, bill which help speed that process up and should avoid uh, future shutdowns. It's not impossible, but uh, it's quite possible these measures will uh, accelerate the process and avoid shutdowns going forward.
0: And raising the debt ceiling was a necessity but what implications are there to pushing it back until 2025?
1: Well, some would say it's just pushing the can down the road that uh, the debt ceiling will be uh, forgotten about for a few years and then we'll come back in in uh, January 2025. Um, I guess one of the key implications is in the short term it heads off any risk of default, assuming that the bill is passed into law um, by the due date, which I think is around uh, June the 5th. There could be a bit of flexibility around that, but it needs to be passed soon. If it is passed into law, it heads off the risk that the US government will have to slash government spending. Um, to eliminate its budget deficit. So that's the good news here, and that's why markets in Italy welcomed the news. But, of course, the issue will then come back again in January 2025, Mm -hmm. which, of course, is the other side of the next presidential election, which is in November of next year. Um, But, of course, the new president will then have to deal with the debt ceiling. Of course, if Republicans win, then it'll be less of an issue because they tend to be less focused on – yeah fiscal conservatism, uh, whereas if President Biden wins or a Democrat wins, then of course uh, we may go through the same issues all over again.
0: There are predictions a US recession could hit in the second half of 2023. Do you think that's likely and why hasn't pushing back the debt ceiling helped the nation swerve such an event?
1: Well, I I think that risk of recession was there anyway. It's been a a focus for some time. Uh, Many economists uh, have been been forecasting a recession in the US sometime in the next little while. In fact, those forecasts started to appear early last year. Uh, So that that recession uh, risk is there and it's high and it's mainly due to the tightening in monetary policy that the US has seen. And some people get a bit technical here and they cite a thing called the yield curve is the difference between long-term bond yields and short-term interest rates, and it's it's gone inverted with short rates above long rates, and often that's a sign of potential recession down the track. So, that risk was already there. The debt ceiling and the threat of default just increase the risk of recession, but removing the debt ceiling uh, just removes an additional reason why we might have a recession, but it doesn't head off uh, mm-hmm. the risk of recession entirely. I think if we didn't increase the debt the debt ceiling and uh, the US government defaulted and slashed government spending. that would be almost certain they would slide into recession because they'd <laughs> have to cut spending by about 7% of GDP. But the risk of recession is still there and it's still high, but it's mainly because of the uh, the tightening monetary policy we've seen.
0: What about the impact for Australia? Will the debt ceiling raise have any impact on us? To be honest with you, I don't think it
1: has will have a big impact, assuming it is uh, passed through Congress. Uh, we saw a bit of a celebration on Monday. Um, our share market went up in response to news that a deal had been reached. If it's passed by Congress, we might see a further modest rise, but I think thereafter the share market will go back to focusing on other things. The issues I think that are critical for Australia are Obviously, whether we have that U.S. or global recession uh, and how much further the Reserve Bank raises interest rates and a lot there depends on inflationary pressures, Uh, but you'd you'd also have to say the risk of recession in Australia is quite high and the more, more the Reserve Bank keeps raising interest rates, the bigger that risk becomes.
0: What if the U.S. does plunge into recession? Will we feel the ripple effects here and what kind of impact could be expected locally?
1: Well, unfortunately, we will feel the impacts of the U.S. recession. The U.S. is still the world's biggest economy. Uh, We saw in the past um, that when the U.S. has gone into recession and it does affect Australia, it doesn't necessarily mean we will automatically go into recession. Uh, We saw in the tech wreck in the early 2000s and the gfc that the us had a recession we avoided it but of course in the early 90s we weren't so lucky and of course uh, in the pandemic we all went into recession because we shut down our economy so it was a bit different but we will see the effects and of course we did see sh- sharp slowdowns in our growth rates uh through the tech wreck and in the early 19 uh, uh, through the gfc uh so we will be affected and it occurs because a weaker US economy wins weaker global growth. That means less demand for our, our exports, particularly commodities. Uh, and there's also a confidence effect that we get a lot of news from the US and people feel more negative when the US is in recession and that affects spending in Australia. So the risk is that, yes, if the US goes into recession, it would be a big dampener for us and increase the risk of recession here. Now, mind you, a recession in the US and Australia is not our base case, um, but I would have to say it is a higher risk and the more central banks keep jumping on the break with interest rate hikes uh, the more that risk goes up
0: wow that's interesting because it has been a popular opinion that australia will swerve a recession what are your thoughts on what the rba will do next in that case and do you think that we will be that lucky well i think a lot does come
1: down to the rba and most forecasters have growth slowing down the budget released uh, Early in May showed a slowdown in growth in the next financial year to 1.5%. The Reserve Bank's own forecasts have growth slowing down to 1.25% and we see growth slowing down a little bit more than that, below 1%, but avoiding a recession. But I think it is critically important that uh, interest rate hikes soon come to an end. I'm hopeful that maybe we have seen the end
0: Mm. of
1: rate hikes, but uh, of course the Reserve Bank continues to surprise on the upside and obviously a big factor right now is what wages do and a big uh, influencing factor, and that is the minimum wage case, which I think a decision is coming up on soon. Uh, there is a worry that if uh, a, a bigger increase in the minimum wage and therefore award wages is granted than what we saw last year, which averaged around 5%, if we get a bigger increase, say 6% or even 7%, as the uh, ACTU has been asking for, then that could trigger more hikes from the RBA because the RBA would then worry well, if the minimum wage has gone up by six or seven percent and award wages have gone up by something similar, uh, that will have an influencing effect on other wages in the economy all at a time when um, some states have removed their public sector wage growth caps in South Wales and Victoria, and we've also seen the 15 percent rise in aged care uh, wages. So, all of those things could build upwards pressure on wages growth. I know economists sound like like spoil sports here, Um, but the concern is that if wages growth gets too strong, just matching inflation, then it will lock in high inflation uh, and make it harder to get back down again. And so the Reserve Bank would respond to that with more interest rate hikes. So hopefully we don't get an outsized increase Mm -hmm. in the minimum wage. And I'm not trying to deny lower income workers a bit of help uh, here and I I think they probably deserve it, but a better way to do that would be, be the budget believe it or not, um, with some sort of accord-type deal. Um, but I do worry that if, if wages sort of take off, then it, it will make life a lot tougher for the Reserve Bank and they'll, they'll end up raising rates more. And that in turn increases the risk of recession uh, in Australia um, because you've got a third of households that are already struggling in response, well, many of whom are already struggling in response to higher interest rates.
0: Well, the RBA Governor, Philip Lowe, is being questioned this morning in the Senate estimates hearing. So, it'll be quite interesting to see what comes out of that. Do you have any predictions?
1: Look, I think he will repeat the message that he's repeated for some months now. And that, is that you know is that they've done a lot in terms of tightening monetary policy. Uh, there are early signs that inflation's peaked and that uh, growth is slowing. Um, but they are still concerned that inflation is is too high and there are risks around things like wages, um, which means they may have to raise interest rates again. So I think that's what Mm -hmm. he will probably say. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, We think they've done enough, uh, but I can understand where they're coming from in terms of their desire to head off um, uh, a situation where inflation gets locked in at high levels, as we saw in the 1970s and early 80s. Uh, If you go back to that period, um, yeah, workers got wage rises matching inflation and so on. But all it did was uh, uh, we were just chasing our tail and we ended up with um, uh, very high unemployment. At the end of it, double-digit unemployment, and I think it is critically important to avoid that.
0: Well, it seems like there's still a lot of uncertainty and we're going to have to wait and see.
1: That's right. I, I think for investors, uh, for example, it, it's going to remain a fairly uncertain period. I think there is light at the end of the tunnel though, and that is that if you look at inflation pressures globally, they are easing. Uh, If you look at commodities, go back uh, 12 months or more ago after the Ukraine invasion, by Russia, uh, commodity prices were surging, oil, copper and so on. Uh, they've all come back down, uh, so the pressure has come off there. We've seen supply chains return to normal, delivery times have improved dramatically. Uh, business surveys around the world have shown, it, and in Australia, have shown, it, shown a declining trend in output prices and input prices. So all of those things are consistent with the pressures coming off. But obviously, yeah. Right now, central banks worry that inflation is still too high. But the light at the end of the tunnel is that if inflation continues to slow as growth cools down, then hopefully by later this year, or if not, then early next year, central banks like the RBA and the Fed will be in a position to start cutting interest rates. So that should be helpful for investment markets. But obviously, we could go through a bit of a rough drop before we get to that point.
0: Well, in that case, we'll have to um, we'll leave it on a positive note. Shane, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Cassandra. All the best. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice.